Welcome to the Drive Home Breakdown. My name is Tony Grice. I, along with my good friend Brent Adams, will be taking you down the road, enjoying another great flick this week. Of course, uh, as we mentioned last week, we're doing another running commentary uh, this week, kind of continuing our X-Men theme as of late. Uh, We're going to be going back to where it all started, back to the year 2000, and we'll be, of course, watching X-Men. Um, this was actually really interesting. Uh, you know, I hadn't I hadn't watched the film in, in quite a few years. Um, I actually I don't think Brent had seen it in a while either. And um, you know, it was it was sort of interesting our our take on a lot of things. Um, uh, it, it's you know the movie at this point movie came out in two thousand. I mean it's it's fourteen years old pretty much at, at this point. Um, and I think it was very interesting for us to go back and watch it. I think we we both uh, had sort of uh, interesting. Revelations or new takes on it after all this time, uh, both good and bad. It was kind of uh, it, was, it was very interesting, but a lot of fun uh, to do. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it. Let's watch some X Men. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, here we are getting ready to watch X Men from two thousand. Uh, two thousand and nothing, nothing. Two thousand, two thousand, and 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 aught, aught zero. And uh, this is. Uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do this the way that we always do. We're gonna sync up here. Uh, we're watching this on DVD, and uh, what we did is we went into scene selection and clicked on the very first uh, the very first scene, the main titles. And so we are sitting at the black screen, just ready, uh, just just before we get into the company logos. So uh, we are going to do a countdown. This is not the actual countdown. This is an example. Do not <laughs> click play here. Do we need to do this? <laughs> We're going to do three, two, one, and then click. And, not uh, this time, though. Yeah, but not that time. But this time. This next time I do it, it's going to be for real. So here we go. <laughs> Black screen just before the, uh, the studio logos. Three, two, one, click. You're supposed to do it at that time. If you didn't do it, it's too late. You need to <laughs> As opposed to, la- I think last time I did like three or four. <laughs> we need to start off. I just like, like 30, 30, 29, <laughs> 28, 27, 26. 26. And they've turned off the podcast by that point. <laughs> um, so here we go. 20th Century Fox, ironic, seeing as how this movie was not made in the 21st century. That's very true. You know, this. Did you uh, notice when that fades, the X stays just a hair uh-huh, longer? I did. I always thought that yeah. was kind of neat. Somebody was uh, somebody was having some fun, or lazy, and they just forgot to do it, and they didn't render it properly, or something. It's either could way. go either way. Twentieth Century Fox, really? what do they know? So you know, the, the thing that I was thinking about in rewatching this recently, <coughs> I was thinking about Fight Club. Okay. And specifically, what I was thinking about is Fight Club is the first movie I remember seeing that really had this like major animation thing going for its opening credits. Yeah. You know, it was it was a fly through in, in that case it was a fly through the human brain, Jack's brain. Yeah. Specifically. You're supposed to be like 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 the beginning of the credits is supposed to be like um you know, the beginning of like a fear synapse firing and then, you know, you back out all the way through his brain down his you know, down his face through the gun that Tyler's holding. And it it seems like so many of the title sequences we see now um, derive from, from that idea, and, and this this one really reminds me of it. It looks like you're, you're flying through. I don't like like at one point, like I feel like we're flying like down through a spinal column, and then like yeah. at, at other times, it seems like we're inside some sort of cell structure. It's just sort of an, an amoebus 
bodily form or so, you yeah, know, something inside. Some sort of the... organic biological organism yeah. thingamabob. And uh, here we go, picking up Poland, 1944. Of course, if you were listening to our last uh, commentary, we were talking about Days of Future, or excuse me, uh, X-Men First Class. It was like that was weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, bitch, that was weeks ago. And uh, we were talking about how it's really interesting that they recreated this in uh, in pretty serious detail. Yeah. Like, I mean, so so much so that, honest to goodness, when I first watched First Class, I swore it was the same scene. I, yeah. I, I, I uh, and I remember Brent telling me, he's like, no, 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 he shot it shot for shot. I'm like, why would they even do that? Like, you know, why, if they're going right. to shoot it so close to it, why, why would they even bother? The but, but, yeah, exactly. It kind of becomes apparent when you yeah. when you have different people. The, the one in first class is abbreviated. <laughs> this one this one goes on just a little bit longer than the one yeah. in first class does. Um, but uh, this is... Very, very intense way to start the film. Very though. intense. You're, yeah. You're, you're literally ripping a child from, from its parents' arms during... I like how you say its parents' arms, like like what it's not human because because well, it's, it's a mutant, a mutant. Yeah. dirty, stinking mutant. Um, it, it is. It, it's it's incredibly evocative. It, it's it's like it's like heartbreaking and terrifying all at once. And you know, of course, we don't know. I mean, if you read the comics, you know what this is. But it, you know, if you hadn't read the comics, you wouldn't know that this is in fact Eric Lyncher and that uh, this um, this young boy is going to you know grow up to be. One of the most uh, powerful mutants in the world, but it does an incredible job of immediately uh, of immediately establishing the tone that all the singer films have taken. You know, you know the singer films. They, he was not trying to make a comic book movie. He was trying to make a movie out of a comic book, and this scene really establishes that. It, it really establishes that uh, this is going to be. Uh, a, a film that deals with some pretty serious subject matter. I love this shot here where you see like these three guys collapse trying to trying to hold him and, and the, the surprise and the what the fuck just happened. Yeah. The the, the fear even maybe uh, on that guy's face. And Well it's uh, absolutely fear. I mean that's that's the whole point of the whole the whole fear of, of the mutants in general is just yeah. that they, they don't understand them. They don't know them. Of course, you know, in, in this case, we don't really care that they don't understand them because these are Nazis, and we kind of hope that the mutants wipe them from the face of the planet. But anyway. Which may yet happen. The, uh, but, you know, the, the whole point is uh, it is. It's, it's, an intense, it's an intense scene, and it does sort of set the movie off on a very um, kind of a darker path than I think a, a lot of people well, would A, a somber expected. tone, certainly. Yeah. A very somber tone, yeah. to be sure. And even worse, somber tone, because now we have... Uh, we have Anna Paquin, who you are not a fan of in any way, shape, or form. No. Now, There's that scene later on where she like almost dies. That one's pretty you good. You kind of like that scene? You sound a lot like me right now. Um, <laughs> let, let me ask you, uh, is your disdain for Anna Paquin... Is it just about like her playing Rogue and you not being happy with it? Like, I mean, why do you not her like acting. her? I think her acting is pretty horrendous in this in this film. Right. Now, I mean, in other things, I, I can't really think of anything I've seen her in that I thought she was particularly good in. Right. I don't watch, uh, I guess the most recent thing she's in is what, uh, True Blood or something? Is she in that? Yeah, she's, she's pretty good in True Blood. Uh, True Blood is, I mean, you know, a lot of people kind of poo-poo it because it's like, oh, it's a trendy vampire thing, but True Blood's actually a pretty good show. Yeah, so, I, you know, I can't speak to anything, you know, maybe maybe that recent, but uh, I don't know. I, I thought, of course, if I'm if I'm honest, there there were some there were some acting issues in this film as a whole, I think, if, by, by some by some people, and I, right. you know, so I, I don't know. It, it could just be uh, part of that, but I, I did not care for the way she, uh, I don't know. I, I don't I care for the way that she ran and tried to hide in the corner here. 
She's like, quick, find a corner and back into it. No, I, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't have. I don't have a real strong feeling about her one way or the other. I guess. But uh, the the thing again about this scene is just how how grounded in reality it seems. She doesn't seem to have like movie star parents. You know, yeah. Those the, those people look like parents of friends of mine from when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about Fomka Jansen. This I will warn you though, if you say anything, good. this is very very good. This I was going to very good. I was going to tell you if you say anything wrong about Fomka Jansen, I will end your life. The only thing bad about her in this film is that this isn't first class in which she would have had to have been wearing a skimpy outfit the entire oh, movie. Oh, talk to me more. So, talk to me more, Tony. Okay. Let's, so Fomka Johnson... We're sitting next to each other here. Fomka Johnson, as a redhead, maybe, like, pasteurization, <laughs> moon landing, <laughs> Fomka Johnson as a redhead. You know what I mean? I, you know, I always remember, because this was not... I guess this is what... How long was this after, like, say, GoldenEye? Because I remember GoldenEye was the first thing I really remember her. GoldenEye was... remember her from. What, like, mid-90s? Yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking 93. I mean... Yeah, that sounds about right. 93, 94. So, and this is quite a quite a bit later, but honest to goodness, this is really is the, the thing I think of her most in between those two... those two That movie and, and this series. Definitely. And uh, I thought she did a very good job in this. Um, I do. I like her as Jean Grey. She yeah. has... She she has the she certainly is able to portray the the intellect that you'd imagine Jean Grey would have. She um, but but still sort of an unassuredness and and you know a, yeah. um, you know these are definitely younger versions of, of characters that we've kind of grown to to know better and I think that, that it plays pretty well that she's still a little uh, apprehensive about her abilities and her her ability to control what power she does have and yep. not knowing how much power she truly. Possesses and you know talking about or, or at least not she's, she's not, not aware yet, of it yeah. or something yeah she, she's unaware of supposedly um, this scene similar to the uh, similar to the Nazi concentration camp at the beginning uh, <laughs> we're we're here in um, we're here you know in the U S Senate uh, listening to this listening to this uh, stump speech by Senator Kelly and uh, you know again like we're kind of like getting right to the heart of the matter at the very beginning of the movie which is. Uh, you know, an intolerant society, a society that hates and fears mutants, and, and what, it, what is society going to try to do about it? Uh, or, or what do they think that they're going to do about it, as opposed to what they practically can do about it, which, yeah. of course, is sort of Magneto's whole, whole tack. They can make whatever law they want, but uh, that, doesn't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to stop him. But, um, you know, getting right to the, you know, this idea of discrimination, the Mutant Registration Act, and... Uh, uh, you know, we know that uh, we know that Magneto has a very unique perspective on this. Seeing as how he saw registration happen in Germany prior yeah. to uh, prior to rounding up of, uh, of Jewish citizens and internment camps and, and then mass murder, and Magneto is Magneto believes, rightly or otherwise, that that's exactly what's going to happen again. Ian McKellen, everybody, <laughs> check him out. This is a this is actually a pretty weighty scene. I've got to tell you that that this scene actually meant something to me. Like the first time I saw this movie and we're sitting there and we're like, holy shit, it's Professor X and Magneto talking to each other. I got to tell you, I felt something oh, watching absolutely. this scene. You know, at, at this point, you know, I, I, I remember th- feeling like, okay, this feels really good. Like I, I you know, I, I, feel, I feel like it's, it's heading in a, a good direction. I feel like it's got a good weight to it. It has the seriousness. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of feel like, there's some some opportunities to come up, but you know at this point it's it's, it's rolling pretty good. It does feel like I feel like sometimes maybe in, in more recent movies we've gotten that 
introducing us to the characters down a little better than it happens in this film. Like, it, well, they they wind up to it here. I mean, they yeah. they, take, they take some time with it. Yeah. But um, there's some nice touches in that. So, you know, there's one thing that Patrick Stewart does where he's supposed to be, I you know, he, he's trying to read Magneto's mind or he is reading his mind, whatever. Yeah. But there's this thing that he does where he just he, he like he does something with his eyes, like his eyes just kind of go out of focus a little bit. You know, to like denote he's like using his power. So, yeah. but it's just like a real subtle thing. I but I just I love it. Like I love the, I just love the attention to detail. You know, finding out that Patrick Stewart was going to be Professor X was just—I mean, it, it was like it was the single biggest oh, no-brainer yeah. of all time. Yet it was kind of still a little like, are are no guarantees? Will they do, will they, will they do it just to be different? Do somebody right. else? You know, but uh, it was such a perfect uh, thing. Now here's a bit of, of casting that I don't think oh, man. that I don't think a lot of people. Well, you know, I'll, I'll even throw myself in there to a certain degree. We're not wholeheartedly convinced when we heard because I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" We, we hadn't seen him in anything. Yeah, we hadn't seen him in anything. Um, I love but, that line there. Our savior, whatever you do, don't kick him in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know you're in for a rough ride. Can I ask you one thing here? <laughs> if he's beating the shit out, especially when he's punching his face here, yeah, how does he not get hurt then? That's a good question. Maybe I mean, maybe, he, maybe maybe Logan's rolling with it. Yeah, you know. Well, somebody, but I mean, how does he not hurt his hand? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like, it's like the whole Superman thing. Yeah, but yeah, your suspension of disbelief, I suppose. But uh, but oh, great great yeah. way to introduce Logan. And- Jackman's not nearly as he's not nearly as uh, as muscular. He hasn't he hasn't put on quite as many pounds as he has in later movies. But man, he's got the attitude and then some. He really does. You know what was interesting is that I noticed that they make a point in this movie. They introduce a lot of these characters uh, in backlight. And in some cases, just from the back. Like the first time we see Xavier from the back, the first time we see Logan from the back. Yeah. First time we see Magneto, we don't see his face. Strong backlight. Same thing <coughs> there with Logan. There's they really uh, Singer really chose a lot of kind of he couched a lot of these character introductions in mystery, as opposed to Rogue. Rogue didn't get no fucking backlight. No 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 mysterious nothing with her. Yeah, could have helped. <laughs> no, I couldn't have. <laughs> don't don't lie. <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, Jackman Jackman as Wolverine was, I mean, this was in some ways the most critical casting choice of this film. And originally it was going to go to, um, what was his fucking name? Dougray Scott? The Doug, guy, Dougray Scott. Dougray yeah. Scott. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the guy that uh, he was in. He was in one of the Mission Impossible. He was in Mission Impossible 2. He was in, I think he was in like some sort of like fantasy romance movie, like yeah. Ever After or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. He was originally going to play Wolverine. I think that actually Mission Impossible Two is what fucked him because they went over they went schedule. Over, yeah, because I think it was. I think he was going to get. It wasn't like he didn't get the role. Or no, something. he had like the he role. He had it and just couldn't. Uh, but couldn't he, fulfill it. He which, couldn't do it. Which I, he cries himself to sleep every night. <laughs> well, you because know of that fact. I, I wonder sometimes because I, I wonder if honestly he no, dude, thinks he could have done as good a job as the, this. the right. Know, like, the right guy got the job. It, like I just I sometimes think people look at this and, and say like you know what. Uh, I'm almost glad I didn't get it because I, I feel like yeah. you know, this person really embodied it. One thing I loved is they really went for like they went for the hair. Yeah, they went for they went for things that I normally like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I was. I'm surprised they went for the hair. Actually, I'm I really surprised am. they did, but I'm glad they did. And it looks great. I mean, it really oh, yeah. does. It does not look goofy. It does not look it silly. It, it looks good. It looks it looks like what it should look like. This gag right here, I remember vividly out of a comic where in a bar, Wolverine shoves a guy up against the wall, pops. He pops his first and third claw. He even says something like, "You just met claws one and three. Want to meet two? Yeah. 
Oh, what happened? What happened? <laughs> That's right. Man, I, I, I remember I remember like calling you up like that remember that first trailer? It was nothing but like that kind of like house techno song over yeah. footage from the movie. Yeah. And I remember like freeze frame that. Like I was like like calling you. I was like, dude, I just froze fr- I just freeze framed this trailer. His claws look exactly like the claws in the comic. You yeah. Know? But it just like we were so sorry. I mean, like we being comic book fans. This is 2000. We've had bat- we've had like the Donner Superman films. Those got fucked with Quest for Peace. Yeah, we've and had- they were so far. The the good ones were so far away oh, yeah. from where we were. They were at that 20 time. years away. From they, where were. We were they were. At that they were time. 17 at least. And we we had we had the you know the the Burton Batman movies, which you know we kind of liked in spite of ourselves. Well, and, and again, then they the went wrong. Ones, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Then we, they went wrong with Schumacher. We had Blade. But Was seeing Blade, Blade out at this point, yeah, Blade came out in okay. Blade came out in like ninety. Blade was out before this. I guess you're right, ninety nine um, or something like the year before. Or something yeah, like and but Blade gave us no indication of what we'd be in for watching this. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I tell you, I really there, there's there's one little thing, and I've already kind of noticed it just watching the first little bit that we're we're into here. The one criticism I, I do have of the film is they they went with really muted tones, yeah. And I just I felt like something like we talked about when we talked about the first class, like you know they they went with colored uniforms when they finally had uniforms. They went with like they, they weren't afraid to, to stay away from it. And I don't know if this was just like a but you look through this has a, a very like cold steel. It does. Look I, that, that's it, exactly the whole, right. The, the, the whole, whole movie has a very cold. Uh, a and, very cold kind of color palette and feel, etc. And I always sort of felt like that that hurt it a little. Like I just, yep. I felt like it made it makes it feel. To be honest, it makes it feel a little dated to me now. Like I think if it had just been a little bit brighter, a little bit flashier, I will say it is kind of you know it plays okay. Like when you've got Cyclops, you know, blasting holes in buildings and shit, it really stands <laughs> out against the rest of the background. But yeah. there's just there, there are very few moments in which it really sort of stands out, in my opinion. Um. But you know, and I don't know. A lot, a lot of people might really like that that visual. I just, I think it would have, I uh, think it would have benefited from having a more natural. I can take uh, it color palette. I can take it or leave it. I mean, yeah, like I get why people do it. There's some movies that, that it works really well in, but overall, I think it's way overdone. I, I think that, I, I think that movies way way overplay the color thing. Like like if they did what they wanted to do and then dialed it back about fifty percent. Yeah. I, I'd like it more, but I feel like it gets so so overdone. Like, the yeah. Lord of the Rings films are like. Oh, those yeah. are my big pet peeve. Like, yeah. you know, those movies have a lot of great things going for them, but like the the color the color work is so heavy handed. Yeah, and now part of that, I think sometimes they do that to hide uh, visual, visual effects stuff and... because it's easier to composite uh, where you're kind of pushing I, the color palette to extremes. I've like always that. thought too sometimes, especially in Lord of the Rings, which is a little different in my opinion because it does go to those extremes. Yeah. It has the really you know. The, the, the really sort of like singular kind of color palettes and then it has the really lush scenes as well. That's and true. I, I think sometimes they do that for to give you that a sense of of hopelessness or to give you that sense yeah. of you know they're like trying to work energy. your emotions. They, they are. And to me, it's a little different than in this, where it's just the whole movie sort of has that. And so it's, I guess you could say like you know well, they wanted it to feel you know dark and gritty or, and, or yeah. something like that but i mean it to does, me they're, yeah there there needed to be a sort of a coming around but anyway it's a it's a nitpick i know what you mean um, there's a there's a line from this scene that's that's deleted it's not in the final film i don't know if it was shot and cut out or if it was it was put out of the script at one point but yeah. 
she's asking him here about his claws, about, you know, does it hurt when they come out? He says, every time. Real stoic, Clint Eastwood-like. Yeah. There's a line, though, you can see from his audition um, where he's got a line, something about, she asks him about, uh, I can't remember exactly what leads into it, but he's talking about all these times that he's tried to kill himself. And he says, uh, you know, I've, ki- I've, tried to, that. I've tried to kill myself more times than I can count, but I can't show you the scars because they heal every time. Yeah. And it, it's like such a, it, it's such a cool line. And, it, and it, I really wish they'd left it in there. I, I really wish that they had, they'd kind of gone for it. I mean, cause I mean, they do portray Logan as, as pretty nihilistic. I mean, like he, he's not living for anything. Yeah. He's just living cause he doesn't have a fucking choice. Like yeah. he's living cause he hasn't found a way to end his life yeah. yet. And, the thing about it is that I really like that interpretation of the character, and I like because it gives him some place to go in the film. Um, but I miss that line. Like I, I really like. I remember seeing that like in the audition. I'm like, why the fuck is that in the movie? That's a that's a great line. There's a lot of pathos with that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe they just felt like it was too much, or you know, like too much too soon. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, something I mentioned with first class, and I, I, I'll probably bring it up a couple times in this is. I do feel like this was definitely in a time where where the movie makers still felt like comic books are for kids predominantly. Yes. You know, and, 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 and people that maybe grew up with them that were frankly in probably our age range, but kind of they were gearing it towards a not being too violent. I mean like if you, if you think about it realistically I don't think you ever That's, see anyone get shot in this movie. This is the most you blood did. you'll see in this film right here. It is. You can't even tell it's blood because it's blue. <laughs> the, um, but, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And it, it is sort of... I, like, like, for instance, we just watched First Class uh, not too long ago and we, yep. we were talking about it. I mean... My God, they're, they're dropping people, dropping people, literally, left, right, <laughs> right center, and, you know, the, the people, it's, people are getting killed, and, and it's not like, oh, I love seeing people get killed, but that's just realistic. I'd say that's what would happen in that scenario. Yeah. In this, it's like they really try hard not for that not to be the case. I don't know. Now, we're going to start a meme that's going to run throughout this movie, which is uh, Wolverine getting his ass kicked. Well, no, it's Anna Paquin what? only ever acts <laughs> like she's... Unable to do something. She's only she. If you watch her every single scene, she is her her inspiration is I'm unable to do something. That's true. But and in I, this I mean, case, it's I'm unable to get out of a seatbelt. She's just she's just drawing on life experience. Yeah. Uh, I don't even I don't even know why I'm backing on her. I don't I don't hate her like you do. Anyway, uh, here we go. First optic blast. Look out. And this and this single optic blast is more than enough to uh, repel Sabretooth, Apparently. But um, I also like how they did the thing where he can, like, focus it down. He can make it, you know, yeah. he, he can make it, like, laser they, sharp to cut through stuff. Or, they did a pretty good job with, with Cyclops, the visor. The, you know, the, the visor's dead on, man. Like, when they take the visor off, he, he really can't control it yeah. pretty much at all. And, you know, they, 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 they had a good time with that. Storm, yeah, you know. I'm, we'll get to her. We'll get to her. We'll but to I, her. Do, I do Sweet think that it's... Christ. She, she obviously has very little control of her powers in this movie. Like, you know, she kind of talks about how she can't... I can't really do that and all this sort of weird stuff. Oh, man. It's it, it, it's painful, some of this stuff. Uh, we'll, so, we'll get to Storm. Ray Park. Ray Park. Fresh his, off Darth Maul. He has this nice little Darth Maul sort of homage. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he I, does. I can't wait till we get to that. He grabs like a crowbar that. or something. Yeah, I like this gag here with the uh, with the Newtonian uh, the Newtonian balls with no with no, no strings. strings. But you never pick up on you know it's like you never yeah. pick up on it really until they drop later. At least yeah. or at least I did, and it's like you just sort of 
see them there and you don't really think about it. And then as soon as they drop, you're like, oh, shit, he was just controlling that the whole time. The thing that I think is kind of cool about it is, is that I like the idea that it's like a mental discipline thing for him. Like, you know, he knows yeah. his opponent is a telepath. And is it the same number? Oh, it's too faded. I, I can't. I can't see. Do you remember what it was? I can't. I, I meant to. I meant to. Uh, I meant to take a screenshot or something. So Probably eight remember websites it. that are literally dead. That's true. To I mean, things. do you feel like reaching into your pocket and pulling out a phone? We're going to talk about that helmet later on too. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, I love the idea. You know, his opponent is a telepath, and I like the idea that he is like this is like a form of like mental discipline for him. You know. Like he wasn't constantly enough to put them away though when he was the room. <laughs> he just lets them fucking fall. <laughs> but like he's constantly, he's he's constantly, you know, like doing this, doing this, this thing in the back of his mind, keeping this thing going. It, 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 it like gives you, it gives you some insight into what sort of a man he is. He, yeah. He's he's formidable in terms of his power, but also intellectually and uh, and whatnot. This gag right here, that, that it looks so weird. So bad. Now. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it's I agree. like like. I don't. I don't know. If, it's not exactly slow motion. It's more like they just kind of fuck with the frame rate. But I, when when I was watching this the other night, it was the first time I've watched this film in years and years and years. And I remember that specific shot really made the film seem dated to me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Everything in the movie that is wire work, which is a lot, especially yeah. when you get later in the film, really does not stand up well. Like it's yeah. when you're when you're seeing people fly or climb up walls or do anything like that, it. Really Really stands out. Well, that's the thing. This, I mean, this I mean, movie this is, is fourteen I mean, years old. That, that, that's fair. But that's, it's astonishing, like how far all of the all yeah. of these things, visual effects, and whatnot. It's astonishing how far all that has come. That's why one in reason fourteen years. When we were talking about after Days of Future Past, I was kind of saying how you know I'm, I'm not, I don't love this movie. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I really don't. Like it, it, it's it's definitely not in that kind of camp. But it's just it's not nearly. Uh, it, as well liked by me as, as some other, you know, some other films kind of in the same genre. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see whatever happens with the next X-Men movie, which will hopefully be sort of like this cast, this, you know, sort of all the stuff we do like about this, but with the benefits of... Uh, will you unplug that? <laughs> just uh, just unplug that on the wall right there. It, it just does that. It just goes off. Starts beeping on its own sometimes. So anyway, you were saying mild emergency averted there. We just <laughs> diffused a bomb. The um, but no, I, I would love to see what this cast like. Imagine if they we could do this movie and just redo it current with you know same cast and all that sort of stuff. Except for Halle Berry. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I, well, you know, keeping in all the good things about this. So no Halle Berry. No Anna. No Anna Paquin. <laughs> and. Uh, we could, chance we, could space. Use a, we could use like a CG monkey for Anna Paquin if we wanted to, uh, you know, if that makes you feel better, you know, to be as close as possible to the original. Obviously. But, um, anyway, but like I just, I would love to see sort of like with the, the, the you know, what they could do digitally now and, and, and whatnot. Because let's be honest, I mean, these are, these are films that do rely pretty heavily on stuff that's not natural, you know. So yeah. um, practical effects, even though they're awesome but even those have gotten better with with the new technology. Well, you know? and they 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 found I think like Man of Steel is a great great example of how you how you marry practical effects and CG effects to great great effect in a superhero film. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a cameo from Kitty Pride here. <coughs> Although that is not who plays. That's yeah. Obviously, uh, that that role is uh, later played by. Um, 
Uh, fucking Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, I can't think we're Juno. God damn it. I'm terrible with names today. Anyway, uh, I don't care because Patrick Stewart is, uh, Patrick Stewart is here. And think, think about this just right here as almost being a, a, you know, a reflection of that last sequence in, uh, Days of Future Past. Where exactly Logan right. shows yeah. up. Not probably that long away from this time period, you know? Right. Um. Maybe a little bit older, but uh, not by much. I mean, basically, it's right in the same. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really do like Mars. I-, I thought Marsden as Scott Summers. I remember when they first announced him. I'm like, you mean that kid from Dangerous Minds? Yeah, or whatever that fucking movie with Katie uh, Holmes uh, was. What was it? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking Nick's, about. I think Nick Stahl was in that too. About the uh, like, I don't know, like like they were like uh, like it was like the Stepford High School students. Yeah, I, I, like I that know, was the only so. thing I'd really really seen him in prior to yeah. this, and I was just like him. But actually, like I think he does a really he good does a job. great job, and, and frankly, the chemistry between them is pretty good. The the the, totally. the butting of heads, you know, I, th- th- um, that that yielded one of the best jokes of of the early two thousands. Yeah, uh, later on in this film, I love the fact that Jackman is, is like kind of looking at the situation and he's saying like Cyclops, Storm. Wheels, right? Wheel, you know, let me like guess. Wheels, stupid. Yeah, and it is stupid. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of like that one little look there too. Like, I mean, you know, Wolverine is the quintessential badass. Don't get, make no doubt. Yeah. But these other guys are not just schlubs that don't know how right. to, to throw down if need be. And there's a, there's a little hint of that when he sort of says, like, you can get out of my way or whatever. Yeah, and, and Cyclops, Cyclops kind of like, looks him up and down and then sort of turns his head to, like, to Xavier, can I just like, blast the shit out of this dude? Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I can, you know, melt him down if I really need to. You know, but it's, I don't know, I, I, just a, a neat little neat little uh, thing. I agree. Now, this is probably... I like of, how the school's already teaching cheating. Exactly. Like, right up front. I, there's, a, there's a kid here. No powers! No, no powers, powers! No powers! We have a very brief cameo by uh, Pietor, Colossus. Um, never enough Colossus in these movies. Famka, mm. hello. Hi, baby. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, in terms of the color palette, this is the this is the most saturated oh, the film ever looks most, is here yeah. at the school, which I suppose is intentional. You know that they, they want this to feel like the most comfortable, the most home like, uh, yeah, yeah. inviting area. Jubilee, Jubilee. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of notable little cameos and stuff. I think that um, you don't really see anything from, but you know, but. Of course, Iceman is you know yeah he's he's not very prominent in this one but uh, but is 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 very prominent as the films go on yeah and I guess just kind of fortunate that Sean Ashmore is uh, <coughs> is decent yeah is a pretty decent actor and was able to come back he also plays Jimmy Olsen in Smallville I do can I just point out how no one in this room is paying attention to Storm <laughs> <laughs> they're all like drawing on their can you blame them I mean, really I mean come on but uh, anyway I. Uh, the the thing about the naming, you know, we were talking about during the first class commentary, we were talking about that scene where, you know, the kids are kind of having the pseudo, you know, we're not drunk, but we're kind of drunk, coming up with our code names because we're CIA operatives now. This film does nothing to try and explain why it would be important that these guys have code names. They, they, they don't really... I mean, you know, they're kind of like, oh, you know, it's important to protect our identities. I mean, that's but, but ostensibly that, the reason. That is, well, and, and that is the extent of the explanation. Like, they don't, you know, like, but, well, why? Do you, do you have other families? Is, is there somebody coming after us? Yeah. Is there what... Is there, is there an active threat that we need to protect ourselves from? I mean, yeah. it's just... There is... Um, th- there, there really is no attempt made... Or, or I mean, there is no attempt that I feel is particularly successful... That is made in this film to kind of explain 
why Cyclops, Storm, etc. You know, in this one, Xavier says that the children are the ones that came up with the name X-Men. You know, like, have the children be the one that fucking come up with the name Cyclops, too. Because, yeah. like, I, I have to be honest with you, it is a little difficult for me to take Xavier, you know, saying, Cyclops, do this, like, with a straight face. It, it seems so wildly out of, out of step with how realistic the rest of the film is. Yeah. Um, I, that's, and that's, and like I said, like, I'm not saying like, I don't want them to use those names. No, no, no. I no. want them to just give me a really well, palatable reason for it. That was something I was trying to hit on a little bit earlier. And I, but it, it's just, I don't know that this film didn't really hit on the sort of introduction of the characters strongly enough for me. Yeah. Like it just, it felt like they just sort of meandered in throughout the story as opposed to, and, and you know what? I, I, you know, there have been times where I thought, you know what, we don't need to explain where Sp- Spider-Man comes from anymore. We've already seen it 18 times. But at this point in time... Nobody had seen these no guys one, before outside no of the knew. comics. Exactly. And, no well, and, and, and the cartoon. A lot of people watch the, the anime that's, that's true. in the 90s. But I still feel like it would have... I feel like they could have done a, a little better job of introing each character. just And, and just filling out the story a little better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... It's definitely not as bad as, as it could have been. I uh, this this sure is kind of he's on Air Force One, <laughs> and he's not the fucking president. Like it, I'm pretty sure the helicopter says like or it does say Air Force. It, it, it like, just says United States of America. Oh, does it just say? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, this um, this introduction to Senator Kelly, you know, we we've only seen him in the scene. At the beginning of the film, now we're kind of seeing him in a private moment. We're seeing that he's a little bit more bigoted. It's not just about it's not just about protecting people. It's not just about safety concerns. Uh, he's more bigoted than than we'd originally realized. Yeah. And uh, this, of course, is to lead us up to not quite feeling bad for what is about to happen to him, which is yeah. he is about to get his ass kicked by Rebecca Romaine Stamos, which I am here to tell you costs a lot of money. Like, if you want to have this done to you, and there are people who do, it costs a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> that's all. sound like listen, you speak from experience. I'm, listen, I'm just going to tell you right now that if you want to get a beautiful woman to kick your ass, you're going to pay top dollar for it. <laughs> so, I mean, really, the guy playing Senator <laughs> Kelly here, he's... I mean, like they paid him they, to be they, in that scene. They actually probably he probably got like a look, look. You know, we were planning on paying you this much, but if we let this scene happen, we're gonna have to pay you less. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way we can right. cover our, our our costs here. Am I the only person that desperately wants to see an Airwolf movie get made? I think it could be cool. I, I'm a little afraid it's it's a little past the time where the technology different like that was what was so cool about it was the technology then yeah. I don't know that technology is not as special now in a way that I don't know that it would stand out as much well to, to me like to me it would just be a film it would be a film about you know like like special forces and like you know like two yeah. brothers kind of separated by war and sure, sure. Uh, and one of them you know just happens to have access to a prototype jet copter and goes off the grid and I, I don't think it's a bad idea. And we bring back, uh, and, we, and we and we bring back through CGI. I was going to say we bring back Ernest Borgnine through CGI, but no, <laughs> no, we can't do that. That's a terrible idea. Hit me for even thinking it. <laughs> I um, go to just something just for a second here. So we were talking about that scene with uh, Senator Kelly there. How did you? Just as a whole, what would you? How do you feel about the storyline in this? Uh, Honestly, it's pretty. It, it's uh, It's pretty unambitious. It is uh, like when you I get. I feel like that, they spent way too much time on Senator Kelly in this movie. Like, well, way too much time is spent on him, and like, like things that I don't know. Just to me, 
he's kind of being presented as as you know like your B antagonist or something like that. You yeah, know? you're expecting him to. I mean, like. Again, like, had they had any imagination, I mean, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you know, you should have, like, Senator Kelly, uh, you know, like, like personally commanding an army of sentinels or something. But Something, yeah. Uh, the thing about it is, is that ultimately he doesn't end up being all that much consequence to the film. And a big part of the movie is we've got to figure out what Magneto's doing. And those are those are really, really tough to kind of get through because... So much of the film is just we don't know, we don't know. I hate this too. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's it's a very. Uh, it's got me. Come on. It's a terrible. It's a terrible reaction. It's not. Uh, but you're you're right. Like that's the thing. There's 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 some. Maybe the reason that I've sort of not been. This has not been my favorite movie. Is is I think the pacing is very off is wonky like there's just there's it's slow it's a it's, slow film it's a slow film and even when you get into the action sequences it's pretty slow yeah. you know it's just i don't know it, it well it was a very it, this was not an expensive movie i mean i think this movie was yeah. made for something like 50 million which at the time was like half of what a movie like a summer film well, would normally cost at, at the time was 50 million <laughs> oddly enough it's strange right but um it uh this movie was not made for a lot of money, and yeah. it was made very quickly. As a matter of fact, there there's documentary footage of Brian Singer, like right after he got the call, uh, they were telling him like, uh, "Oh, you're coming out July 4th." Like I think they shot this film like in like uh, late fall '99, something like Holy that. Like shit. I think they started shooting like in October or something '99. Oh, wow. No idea. And they true? told him like, "Oh, uh, you're coming out July 4th." He's like, "July 4th, 2001." And he's like, "No, July 4th, 2000." It's like what? So I mean, like this movie that, got that, made that, like that in a lot, six, sure. seven months, maybe, and for fifty million dollars. I mean, it's kind of miraculous, actually, they were able to do anything with it at all, considering I, I, I'll how give little you time that. and money. Yeah, yeah. Knowing the time frame, that that's definitely different. You I just got you got to take that like into this. account. But that's the thing; it shows the fact that it was made quickly. The fact that it, you know, the fact that it, they didn't have a lot of money, it shows. Like the the, the whole concept that somehow Magneto's ability. You, using a machine can mutate other mutants. I, I like look. I saw that machine at the fucking mall. They plug you into it. They spin you around. You puke into the bucket when you're done, and then you and pay you're your a mutant, right? And, and you, you pay your seven fifty. You know, I, I agree. Like the, the the whole like the whole thing that Magneto wants to accomplish here does not quite make sense to me because if if you listen to what he says, like like his whole plan is okay. I'm going <coughs> to use this machine. I'm going to mutate the leaders of the world. I'm going to send them back to their home countries as mutants. And doing that will force them... Step three, profit. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but that's the, the whole thing. Like, the whole thing is, is basically this plan is based on the idea that if we make the leaders of the world mutants, then they will they, be forced to empathize with us. They will be like us and they, they will no longer yeah. hunt us because they're like us. And I'm like... Magneto does not believe in human empathy. Like your, your whole your whole premise of this is, you know, they'll have to empathize with this because they'll be mutants. I'm like, Magneto doesn't fucking believe that these well, people can empathize with him. He doesn't give a shit about that. He's gonna like take. He's gonna make sure they can't threaten him. He they can't threaten mutants. He's a direct action kind of guy, and this is a very passive action plan. Yeah, it just it just seems. It, and I, I hate to do like I hate to do that like oh Magneto from the comics would never do that. I'm, I'm just but, judging it on its merits. But, but, but it really is. It's not. I mean, and now granted, and I will I will give it a heavy caveat if that time frame we talked about is true. That you 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 probably just have to write something to go with it because at that point you just don't have yeah. the time to 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 go through a lot of rewrites. But it just to me, 
I don't know. To me, if I'm honest, the story is pretty terrible. It the is. only thing that elevates it is that you know I think a, a large portion of the cast is amazing, and and and, and some perfect. of it is just it's just the X Men on screen. It, exactly. It's like oh my god, it's the X Men on screen. You get just this bonus from from having that, no matter what. I really dug this stuff here. Like yeah. these quick flashes that we see of uh, of Weapon X. Weapon X being done, yeah. That was really, really fucking cool. Yeah, it looks like they kept like even the look from that those little scenes. It looks like they kept that fairly accurate to the. Uh, they did. Movie, well, right? We see it in we see more of it in X two, and then obviously in X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Although it's very disappointing in X Men Origins Wolverine. You're a big fan of that one. I am not, as it turns out. You're on record saying you're but a fan of it. I agree with you. I mean, like to me, it would have it would have been it would have been simpler, more straightforward, but would have worked perfectly fine. For Magneto to, you know, for, for like Senator Kelly as an example, uh, you, you know, he, he proposes this legislation here in the States, but there's also like a UN uh, resolution going in, like, you know, where like all countries are going to adopt a similar mutant registration kind of thing, and Magneto is going to kill everybody at this world, you know, peace summit or what, you know, whatever this thing is, yeah. this gathering of world leaders. He's like, every single country that's backed this thing, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill the leaders of their nation. And just have it, you know, just be like this raw terrorist act. Because on the one hand, what's incongruent about this is Magneto is on the one hand saying, uh, I'm fighting humanity because they have no empathy, but I'm depending on the empathy of humanity. Once I turn their leaders into mutants, then their nations will just fall in line and everything will be fine. It's just, it's like, that does not make any logical sense at all. Yeah. Um, so... This was hold on, just so yes. We'll park yes. them up. I really enjoy. It. <laughs> come, up. come up here in just a second. I gotta say, Hugh Jackman does phenomenal work at talking in his sleep. That's yeah. exactly what he it really sounds does. Like. That is that is a that's good exactly point. what talking in your sleep sounds like, or at least that, that's what my wife does. She's like, nah. Oh, so that's you, you yeah. say that's exactly what Hugh Jackman does. In Power his sleep? How, how do you listen, Tony? Let's let's get to your favorite oh, part. Look at that! Look at that! That's awesome. Uh oh. Somebody has a problem. Remember, act like you're doing something. That's that's your only role in this movie. Just pretend like something's going on. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Think of your acting. Oh, oh I'm sick. And I don't feel good. <laughs> uh, Look at this. <laughs> She's like, no, go on without me. He's like, okay. I mean, wait, no, the script says i got to do this. Um... That effect, She's that so that whole. Terrible. <laughs> I just hate her. Anyway, I just hate her. Fuck her. Fuck her up. Her stupid uh, sorry, face. Sorry, well, the the effect of the sort of well, yeah, seeping the energy. Yeah, seeping the energy away, like seeing the veins and stuff. Like, man, that like God, like movies found excuses to use that. <laughs> yeah, it just. Although I would there. arguably say that's a. It, this is as good of a, a, a use for it as any. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. I, I'm just I'm just observing that that effect showed up in a lot of different places. After this, um, I, uh, I, 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 l- I had we, this wonderful dream where I killed. <laughs> I had this wonderful dream where I killed Anna Packwood, <laughs> and Xavier's like, "Sadly, it was Sadly, only a dream. she made it. It's your own damn fault for having that mutant healing ability. <laughs> you just knifed her like you originally started. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Like, why do you think I brought you here?" Xavier takes the Magneto tractor days of future past. He's like, listen, Magneto's going to use her in his machine at the end of this movie. And we have fine. to kill her to save the world leaders. <laughs> it's them or us, Logan. <laughs> but see, like scenes like this, like I, just, I felt like we were getting so much. Now, granted, I actually, 
the concept within the story, I mean, if you're going to go with the concept they're going with, which, yeah. again, we just talked about has some major issues, but if you're going to go with so. that, the idea of taking the one guy and sort of making him the thing that he hates, I mean, that's, you know, fine. I don't, I really don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Water guy or whatever he becomes, I just feel like that was... I, it was like, not to me, a great idea. You always talk about how expensive CG was, and this is one of those things, like, look, it was. you could have done some, frankly way better concepts that probably wouldn't have required CG and maybe and, and frankly maybe the movie cheaper or you could use that movie in other places you know okay this right here probably. I love yeah, this gag here pretty, pretty cool fact <laughs> that is I, I, and, and this is actually just, where I will say like he, they do a pretty good job at this point with powers like the whole waving his hand and the bars just move and he's just mentally yep. pulling those plates out mentally controlling the the bars things like that now my question well, is: Aren't you going to need to put that back? Well, why didn't he just bend them? Why didn't he just bend the bars? I'm like, if your intent is to recapture him, you now no longer have bars on your cell. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I agree with you. I, I think that if, if you want to just roll with the idea that think, okay, we're going to mutate Senator Kelly, I just thought a good name for him though for Senator Kelly if he oh. becomes a mutant. Is it Water Guy? Riptide. <laughs> Oh, never mind. Sorry. Already taken. taken. Already taken. Oh, oh. This begins, uh, this kind of begins a, a series of gags between Magneto and Sabretooth, where Sabretooth is not the sharpest stick in the box. Well, you know, but I mean, I'm not even sure that was his fault. Like, I mean, like, how's he, I mean, he tries to grab the guy's hand and he practically turns to water. Tony, Come on. I don't think Magneto cares. I really don't. I'm like, I don't think it's his fault. I Although, do like, uh, I think this is pretty. <laughs> Although nobody walks into bars like that. Fuck you. And I hate the roar. You hate the lion the, roar. The yeah. roar. It just sounds so, it sounds so fake compared to everything else. Well, it sounds like a fucking lion. Yeah. It doesn't it, sound it doesn't like. Match what, it doesn't sound like a guy. So here we go. Here we got um, a sadist playing with a, killing a jellyfish. That's here. right. That, that, that kid's a future serial killer. Yeah. Um, I believe... This is Riptide. Is this the first Stan Lee cameo in a Marvel film? Uh, pro- ooh, you know what? I never was even this thought before, about. Was this before or after Spider Man? Was Spider Man first? No, Spider Man was two thousand one, wasn't it? I can't remember now. But anyway, Stan Lee, here he is. And if you were not a fan of comics, you probably, probably had no idea. I mean, because it's not—it's not even like a standout role where he says like, "Yeah, that's a lot of water" or something. You know, that's like right. he doesn't—he doesn't say He's anything. Like, He's could you use a towel? <laughs> Because he's usually he usually stands trying to be helpful. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, but uh, that may be the first Stanley cameo in a Marvel film, starting I, a, a fantastic trend. The one in the Spider, the first Spider-Man movie, it wasn't very big either. It was just him like grabbing that the girl kid away. But but even then, it was focused on him. You know, I mean, there yeah. was a kind of a clear shot on him pulling the kid out of the way. This was even this he, this was so he's in really the just in the background. Mostly but anyway, it's still pretty noteworthy. And and for those of us who knew who Stanley was, is he in Blade? I don't think so. That would be crazy if he was, and we just never knew it. If we did, that would that would be cool to find out. God, I wish the internet existed. Where I could look that up and see. Uh, Two thousand two, actually, for the first Spider Man. So this was definitely first. But anyway, that was a pretty cool moment. I can remember in the theater, I'm like, "That's Stan Lee," and everybody was like, "Shut the fuck up, chubby kid." But um, that was a that was a pretty there's that was a, a pretty boss a thing. website of lists of Stanley Cameron. I'm Listen, shocked. I fucking love the internet. I do too. I literally, it's like you know, I like red tomatoes that are pre- prepared by people named Javier. There's in, a website for in you, North Carolina. That's right. 
Javier's North Carolina Red Tomatoes dot com. <laughs> wow, Uh-oh, so it's good. not actually Bobby; it's Mystique. <laughs> what do you know? Um, again, you know, a lot of this movie, there is not much action in this film, and I don't necessarily mean that in terms of like blowy things up, um, shooty shooty blow up. <coughs> I mean. This movie is a lot of people standing around going, let's do something. We don't have anything to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know who to talk to. They come from the Anna Paquin. We are, we are utterly powerless in this situation. Except for our powers. Except we, for, have. we have our powers. That's the tragic irony of mutants, Tony. <laughs> but that's the thing. This film is a lot of, this film is a lot of hurry up and wait. And yeah. it does. It, 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 it affects the pacing. I mean... You know, you could you could do a lot more with this. And the thing about it is, I like this film. I really, really like this movie. The thing about it that I think is worthwhile is that it is very, very much wrapped up in the drama of X Men. It, it is yes. these it is these people, these mutants, trying to come to terms with their own with their own nature, as uh, epitomized in Rogue, trying to come to terms. With the world around them, as epitomized, you know, through like Xavier versus Magneto, and then also people who are trying to trying to kind of come to terms with the. I, I suppose that like Logan's character in this movie, it's really about him kind of finding the cause, sort of like finding finding something worth living for, sort of. Yeah, essentially, but but you know the ideals of of. You know, defending mutant kind yeah. and so forth. Um, but the point is that, as far as the philosophy of what's being explored in the film, as far as those those aspects of the comic book making it into the film, I really like that. I like yeah. the fact that you know, it is it is all about Senator Kelly and the Mutant Registration Act and humanity being bigoted towards mutants and uh, and Xavier saying, you know, if you're patient, they're going to find their way, and Magneto's saying, I'm done being patient. Um, I really like the drama of the film, but um, the execution of a lot of these things is pretty disappointing on, on some level. Yeah, I think I think had they had, and you know, again, this probably speaks to the budget and the time frame and all that sort of stuff. But it, it really, if they had been able to replace a lot of these, or or just or just tighten up a lot of these, you know, standing around discussion sequences that that happen consistently throughout the film, and, and had more action beats. Had more, and I don't even necessarily mean just straight up mutant on mutant fighting, but I mean just more action beats, more yeah. you know the the bad guys doing stuff using their powers, good guys doing their stuff using powers, well, and then if you want to play a better up, fight at the end, like exactly, it, you know, it's if, just, if you want to play up this idea of humanity and mutants, like there's a lot of friction there, have some skirmishes with you know with you know humanity and mutants. Yeah, we get a little bit of that here in a minute, but uh, like have a polar bear come out and wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brainiac calls off and kills one of them. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like Superman's pets. You know, like, <laughs> Why would Superman need guards? Um, this, like that last scene I was just showing you. See, like this right here, I really love this. I love this moment where she's sitting there looking at this mother stroking the cheek of her child, and she's like, I'll never have that. Yeah. You know, like whether you like Anna Paquin or not. You know the the the, the, oh, I the she, thing that she, no one would ever have a child with her. <laughs> the thing that she's her going ability through. to have a child. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, the thing that she's going through. You know this 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 feeling of being utterly disconnected from humanity. Which she is. Uh, is 
is is front and center. And yeah. you know, you've got time for these kind of quiet moments where um, she can monologue about the boy she put in a coma. Uh, you know, uh, well, you know what? Another super kiss. <laughs> I just realized we've got another super kiss. In this I, film. I, I tell you, I guess maybe one of the things that sort of it gets to me a little bit with this movie is that there's a lot of things that we're just supposed to sort of <clears throat> accept or understand or read into deeper history than what we see really could and has happened on screen. And by that, I mean like. Frankly, the relationship between Rogue Wasn't and Wolverine... was he getting off the elevator coming from downstairs? Well, yeah, but the elevator can go back. I mean... But he got off of it. How could... I mean, it goes back. He's not in it. But he, then he That's how it. physics works. <laughs> but, like, you know, the, the relationship between Wolverine and Rogue, I never feel like... Like, it's like... She just immediately latches on to him. Now, I'm not saying that yeah. that doesn't sometimes happen. Sometimes people kind of... But, yeah. But, but, it, but it does jump there. The relationship between Wolverine and Jim Gray. I hate this right here. This, the, like, you know, you, you changed out the fluid on his liquid cooling tank and it fucks Cerebro up. You know? It's, yeah. like, it's like one of those... Don't like, you know how to fuck Cerebro up? <laughs> Obviously, I don't. I, I, the one thing I like, he does mention how... Or I think he mentioned He, he does. That, that that it, Magneto helped Magneto him build, build it. So he yeah. would know it. He would understand it. But even though they, they violated that continuity in first class, they didn't actually show him yeah. cerebral. Anyway, but the point is that um, it would have been Hank since Hank built the first model, I guess. But uh, the, like it's one of those like bullshit things where they're like, look, the aud- like we need to do something tech thing here where the audience understands that like she's corrupted it used to the be system. Blue, now it's green. This is such a bu- but it like makes no sense whatsoever. It's like what like his fucking cerebro computer runs off of like like what like psychic gel. Was antifreeze, and, <laughs> and now it's not antifreeze. It's like green goo. So now, now it locks up all the time. It does. Cerebro's, you know, some of those things. I mean, they're they're just like, look, we need, we just need some on-screen indicator to let the audience know they've done something. Yeah, and we don't give a shit what it is. I'm like, please, next time, give a shit. Yeah. But anyway, I did, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I agree. I think that it's one of those things. In a way, again, I, I think that has to be a huge. Caveat to the time frame and the budgetary yeah. budgetary things. They probably were just trying to get something done. Because uh, let's be honest, it does get the point across. You, you know, you, you do get that it's, it's just hacked in some way. <laughs> but and I this mean, was before somebody would have probably believed like a little computer gadget being tapped on the side that you know throws up some digital garbage that lets you know that it was. They've been hacked. Unit, yeah, but this is this is still the days of we've got to jam their signal. Got to jam their signal. <laughs> Which is, don't forget, this is a mere two years after Godzilla nineteen ninety eight. You're right. We're not. We're why not why didn't she come in and put a giant uh, giant fish icon in Cerebro? Yeah, that would have that would have taken care of the problem. I just sort of wonder why he's wearing his goggles here, like. Yeah, because well, I mean, like, he's got the glasses. Well, I mean, but and also the the goggles. Well, and they're not expecting trouble. Like Rogue said, or uh, Storm says, she's not in trouble. She's just scared. We'll go get her. You know. Yeah. So why are they expecting? Why are they expecting a fight? Yeah. Do you do you not the thing I was bringing up earlier though? Do you not feel that way to a certain degree that there are certain little things like, like I don't feel like they ever adequately explain the relationship between Jean Grey and Wolverine to the point where at the end they're having that scene where he's he's sort of saying like basically telling her that he loves her. Yeah. I mean what 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 has led us up to that point? No, that, no I mean I agree. Take comics out of it. Take 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 other history we know that's gone right. on. Right. It's like they're in love. But what because... have we seen in this movie that makes that even remotely 
plausible, you know. It, it, it's not handled very well. I mean, certainly he's kind of smitten with her from the very from, from the moment he sees her. Sure, but a, but that, that that's but the even only, then why that's like the only really, explanation you, know, you get for it exactly. And then Toad tea bags him. I, I, I really I love Ray Parks, but I. I hated Toad in this film. I don't know why. Yeah. I felt it was. I felt it was really weird. I felt like they did as good a good a job with him as they could. I mean, like he was never going to be yeah, like a great Toad. Character. They could have had anybody, like they, and they could have had Ray Park play him. Yeah, they could have had Darth Maul. Nobody would have complained if Darth <laughs> Maul showed up in X Men. If they just had fucking Darth Maul. <laughs> this actually thought was a pretty cool scene too. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, like like. Again, this is, the, the most dramatic way of opening a door possible, but, you know. Magneto knows how to make a fucking interest. There's no doubt about that. Um, and again, you know, we were talking, I remember we were talking about in first class, but just kind of like, you know, inventive, inventive use of powers or whatever. And, you know, Mag, Magneto being around all this metal, being able to levitate, uh, or you, you just kind of, you know, push himself off of it, you know, through magnetic, uh, magnetic repulsion. <coughs> I do like this here. Like, you remember I talk, I complained about like some of the, like Ian McKellen's like some of his some of the mm-hmm. stuff he does with his hands when he's using his powers I don't like, but I love that little bit there. He just he just gets a little fiddly with yeah. his fingers and you see those claws flexing. I, I kind of hate the little warp effect they put on his face every time he's like, you know, they, they, a lot of times they'll do that thing. Like anytime he's using his power, it's kind of like a wobbly filter on the on his face. Right. It's like supposed to like that's the old, that's the magnetic energy going. It's the magnetic energy jamming his frequencies. It is. His magnetic ability apparently could not create a decent helmet, though. No, the, the, I'm not. I'm not fond of the helmet. Young people, he says. Like, okay, like what is, come on, like, what is, uh, is that even a joke? I guess. Like I don't get like young people run from sadistic killers. <laughs> yeah, those young people. Idealistic. I there's talk- a lot. There's a lot of little jokes in this. I think fall really it's flat. Like flat. they. they, they I don't know. There, yeah. there's, there's things like that. There's there's some that are particular, that, though. This is totally bad. This is bad. <laughs> he just pancakes these two fucking cop cars. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for Run it. Run for it! <laughs> Evacuate! <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Magneto and the cape here. All right? They, they give Magneto this kind of half cape thing coming off his, uh, his left shoulder here. And I, I find it unsatisfying. I'm not saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I find you unsatisfying, sir. (laughs) But anyway, the thing that I want to say about this is that, and I don't. I think this is my idea. Maybe it's an idea that I've read from the comics or something like that that I've forgotten the, the origin of, and I think it's my idea. But I, I feel like there's such an obvious sort of because wearing, let's face it, wearing a cape, wearing a cloak is a pretty ostentatious affectation. Yeah. Um, like a but steel helmet. Well, that's the, the helmet's functional. What what the fuck's the cape doing there, right? But that's what I'm saying. Like if you're going to if you're going to be yeah, prese- like if you're if you're if you're presenting that you're already message. putting off this like I'm I'm. Worlds beyond whatever you think that you, yeah. you know. But anyway, here's my point, though. Okay, wearing a cape, it's not something you see a lot of people do in society. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty boisterous thing. But anyway, my point, though, is that I feel that there is a fantastic and easy way to do this that would really make it fucking cool. And the idea that I'd always had is you need to do basically what they do in this movie. You need to see Magneto in the concentration camp. But you need to see, like, the camp commander, like, like, you know, like this Nazi officer, because 
you know, who's ostentatious enough to, you know, wear a fucking cape in the 20th century? Oh, it turns out the Nazis. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they had these cloaks. Yeah, yeah. Show the camp, like, like the camp commander standing there observing, you know, the, the new, the new people being brought in off the trains in his dress uniform with this cloak with like, maybe like, like a Nazi sigil, yeah. you know, like, like around the shoulder or something like that. And then like, you see him, you see the fucking cloak, blah, and then nothing. And then like in this scene, you see Magneto wearing that cloak except like the Nazi symbol has been like burned off of it yep. and you know the implication being that Nazi uh, you know that, that Magneto killed this motherfucker like when he when he grew up in this camp he took it from he him. took it away from him <clears throat> after he murdered him and it becomes a trophy of his victory over human oppression. You know, yep. it becomes a symbol of what he's fighting against—a reminder to never, ever let humanity, uh, you know, go, go to those extremes again. Maybe the Nazi he took it from was wearing a half cape. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But anyway, I just—I've always felt like they've missed, like, like to me, that's like an obvious kind of uh, obvious well, kind of thing. Like, make the cape a trophy. To- and that's my whole thing with with and, and I know just kind of to a lesser that. degree, but is the whole costume thing? Yeah. Like it's 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 just that embracing the world that this is supposedly going on in. I totally agree with you on that, and 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 I will admit it's it's a little bit bigger leap, but I think the costumes is is another piece of that. Is right. like why not have? I mean, you know, and it's like at this time they were trying to make them almost like paramilitary group, you know, and they're wearing like, you know, yeah. like uniforms that would but be... That's, but the uniforms in no way feel like they'd be functional. They don't look like body armor. They don't look they like... They don't. They have like... I mean, that's the thing. Like, if they had body armor, if they had yeah. like survival gear, you know, like like med kits built, you know, if it was if it was functional, that'd be one thing. But they, they, they come off looking like, you know, like motorcycle gear or something like exactly. that. Well, frankly, they look like costumes. They yeah. just look like black leather costumes as opposed to... You know, I mean, I just, I guess that's the thing I don't get. Like, to me, it doesn't look like nothing. It doesn't look like, you know, oh, we're just wearing what we normally would wear. But it also doesn't look like, you know, a costume. Similar to the thing with, with Magneto. If I think, you know, if he's really doing this, let's be honest, Magneto at this point is not, he's not trying to hide. He's not trying to do anything. So he is, he's going to wear his fucking helmet and his cape and all the, you know. Accoutrement. Accoutrement that he's going to want to wear, wherever he goes. So there's no point in downplaying it, um... With a half cape, I think that's what we're getting back. <laughs> we're just bringing it around to the half cape. The half cape is, is go is big weak sauce or go home. I mean, frankly, if it, you're wearing a half cape, it's kind of like having small feet. I don't want to just put it <laughs> too true. If, too you know, true. Wear the full cape. You know, where do you even get a full cape though? Like that may have been the problem. Honestly. He may have been looking around, and he's just like, I can't even fucking find to buy, where to buy a fucking Ironically cape. enough, humanity would have been spared Magneto's wrath if only he could have found a clothier to supply I him just with want a full-size full cape! And then like, you know, <laughs> it's possible. It's entirely possible. So true. So anyway, here ah, we have... so you became water. That's what he's reading right now. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, I know. The, but, big, uh, the big empathy play. You know, th- this is Magneto's whole thing. If we just make them mutants like us, they will be empathetic. <clears throat> And of course, this completely this completely ignores the well documented and widely understood uh, psychological phenomenon known as self loathing. <laughs> and uh, uh, again, I just I, I 
I can forgive the movie for a lot, and I, I say forgive the movie. I don't dislike this no, film. Exactly. I'm just, well, I, I, but I can recognize what it does and, well and what it doesn't we, do well. We are kind of picking. We're, we're picking it apart mainly because I think we do like it. You know, we do yeah. like the film. It's just there's there's lots of little niggling little things. You know, but uh, you know, you know that that's that's one thing that I really have a, a tough time with is, is Magneto's empathy empathy machine. Yeah, which is basically what it is. Um, and if he wanted an empathy machine, you know, it should he should have loaded it up with LSD and Grateful Dead CDs. My point is that um, so it's obviously worked uh, here. You know, Senator Kelly turned up at the X Mansion, blah blah blah. But Wolverine is acting like he's in a fashion show. <laughs> I always thought this was so like, yeah, take the leather coat and flip it over your shoulder and walk down the aisle. Now turn, give a give a stern look, turn around, walk yeah. back. I suppose if, if I was trying to extrapolate what he's doing here, I suppose you know he's trying to kind of represent that he's got like one foot out the door. Like there's just there's like a part of him that's just like, look, I'm done with you fucking people. You know, I'm going to go back to fucking Canada. You know, being suicidal, not being able to do anything about it. Uh, you know, living this, in my this own is wearing filth. Me out. You people are wearing me out. I'm done. I'm done living in luxury with you assholes. We got Spitwad downstairs. <laughs> Spitwad is the best name you've come up with. I'm, I'm coming up with a, I'm coming up with a code name with this guy before the movie's over. He's like Spitwad is in the lead. I'm, a, I'm not going to. He's lie. like Storm. Storm, I need your help. She's like, what is it, Spitwad? <laughs> Spitwad, hurry! Spitwad, get the prep the X jet quick. He's like, but I short out the controls with my water every time. I'm just trying to think of what would be useful for. He's like, wait, quick. Well, I'm trying to wipe down this counter, moisturize it a little bit, so I can. Quick, this is an emergency. He's like downstairs wailing about. He's like, when are we going to get the waterproof controls for the elevator? Shut up, Spitwad. Shut the fuck up, Spitwad. I'll kick your ass. And, and his arch nemesis is is, is a ice man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, here we go. His, his arch nemesis is just his arch, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so here we go, Senator Kelly. In fairness, in all fairness, had Halle Berry been holding my hand, I think I would have tried to do. I would have just well. melted too, but not in the way you're thinking. No, no, I would have just killed myself. In that hideous grotesque, yes. Uh, so Senator Kelly's dead because Magneto's machine don't work quite as well as he as he thinks it does, I guess. So, but, but what we're doing real now quick, is can I just uh, yes. real, real, real quick? I just want to jump in the mind of Cyclops here for just a second. Okay, I'm banging Jean Grey. <laughs> just like any <laughs> any not. scene in the movie that's happening, he's like, by the way, banging Jean Grey. Banged her. Got a chick. Right, right before what we're doing right now, I did, and that's last right. night, and I will be tonight again, and we will be again, assuming she doesn't die. Uh, <laughs> or I don't know. Right. Um, what's uh, what, what what's kind of what's kind of I guess that they're doing here with this whole thing with Senator Kelly. <coughs> now they are trying to create a sense of um, a sense of danger. They, they they need to make the situation dire in order for the, the green. What you just missed the, scene, the green. <laughs> missed the green. The green liquid. That now think about this. That could have been bad. <laughs> what if he had fallen off the edge? That's true. It, it would, he didn't have his metal. Honestly, if he if he'd have fallen off like the it. edge, it would have. Ex- I mean, it would have been a better explanation than the green goo got him. Because <laughs> I'm almost positive that helmet doesn't secrete green gro- green goo into his brain at any point. He's like, listen, uh, this is a highly technical piece of equipment. It actually replaces my brain fluid with antifreeze temporarily. 
that's how cerebral it, it lets me locate mutants. It's like, and now we buddy, just change it out. We're just changing the oil. That's Wolverine looks at the rest of these. He's like, this guy's snowing you. He's not looking for mutants. He's tripping balls in there. <laughs> <laughs> He's on LSD. I was on it once. <laughs> I can tell. It was wild. We were we were in fucking Paris. <laughs> And there was a midget. I don't know. I can't remember all the details. <laughs> you look just like a guy from King of, King of Thrones. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, um, I guess that the, the thing with Senator Kelly is, like, we got to make the situation dire. It's not just that Magneto is going to mutify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe that, a word. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, it's as good as the <laughs> idea that he has. So, yeah. He's not. He's not only going to mutify the world. Why doesn't leaders. he just put that green stuff in like all the water supplies of the world? Because it apparently apparently it takes over everything. I mean, you don't even have to drink it. All you have to do is have it, you know, hooked into your cooling system on your CPU. What a devious plan! He takes over the world by corrupting the the, the, the PC games. <laughs> <laughs> Magneto's like, I've got a brilliant plan. We're gonna we're gonna wipe out all the the high end PC gaming crowd. <laughs> And the world will never recover. So anyway, my point is that they got to make the situation dire, I suppose, because if the plan was simply to mutate the leaders of the world, maybe Xavier would be like, eh, not such a bad idea. Maybe it'll work. You know, like maybe Xavier could kind of like ignore I, that. Honestly, I think that's of, the first person that's died this whole film. I, I think you're right, actually. Sorry. I think you're right. Well, although we although know maybe that... he didn't die. Yeah, he, he's, he's alive. Come on. And that guy's probably dead, I guess. Who cares? <laughs> Through the magic of Bluetooth, we will be communicating the uh, the intricacies of our plan here. But anyway, I, I guess that they've got to make it a life and death situation, you know, because it's, it's got to be exciting and dramatic and everything. And if it was just the threat of him mutating these people, then... I don't know. Maybe maybe they, they just felt like that wasn't enough. So it's got to be, oh, he fucking dies. And the reason I say that is because it oh, that, seems like they're that trying was the to... Whole, I was real quick. That was the whole... He, he crushes the guy. Like, you, you remember... Like, I remember sure, that. he's a serial crusher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've heard that forever. <laughs> Terrific. So now we got a huge guy theory and, and a serial crusher theory. theory. Top notch. What's your name? <laughs> oh my god oh gosh. but there's there's a there's there's something that's going to be coming up i'll point it out later <coughs> that makes me question that makes me question exactly what they were trying to do with this whole thing with senator kelly here um because um i well, well I, i'll bring it up later because if i talk about it now it's just not gonna make any sense <laughs> for right now um you know, we see now, as I've talked about in the past, you know, like, the, the, this movie opens, we're introduced to two characters. We're introduced to Magneto in his youth, and we're introduced to Rogue in her uh, relative youth, still back at home. And it's like, why? Like, you know, why open the movie with these two characters? Because their paths have inextricably brought them together. Magneto's going to use her to accomplish this terrorist attack. And, you know, he's he's explaining his whole empathy machine plan to her, and she's like... Where's the Grateful Dead CDs? <laughs> and, um... But, anyway, my I point... I have to act, will I? My point, though, is that the she is kind of the MacGuffin of this film. You know, the, the movie ostensibly is about Magneto trying to get her, Xavier trying to protect her from him, 
And, uh, you know, of course, they rescue her at the beginning. Oh, look, they have Kryptonian technology. Don't realize that she, yeah, don't realize that she's the... She's the thing that, that she's that the, after. Yeah. Yeah. But ostensibly, this, this whole film has been about Magneto getting his hands on Rogue in order to power this machine to wipe out the world leaders. Number one, how does Magneto even know about her? Unless he's got a telepath on his side that, you know, is ferreting her out some way. Um, and number two, how does transferring his power into her mean that she's going to run the machine? Yeah, that, and that's like the one thing about this, like I've never got, it's like, okay, just because like you touch her and she absorbs your power, why does that mean that, like, does it also like transfer like some of like your consciousness and she has an overwhelming urge to become a mass murderer at that point? Well, like my thing is, like I've never, it I've never, never made sense that. that he was like, if it was something where like he magnetically does something through, the, and it's enhanced by this thing, but it's not. It's just like it takes him being a mutant and somehow makes that. Well, I, I think that he's using his magnetic power, but it's just like, I, I mean, I guess I mean he's like using to turn the gyroscope or you know whatever the the, the make me sick machine from the mall. But my point. Well, though, the whole thing is, he's, he's he's all it is doing is like mutating the people in the bubble that it sends out. Right, but here's the thing: he transfers his power to her. Like, why doesn't she just like use his power to like you know fucking knock him off the platform and then it's like, hey, I got magnetic powers for the next yeah. two weeks. What do you guys want to do? Well, and it, that's I mean that's a kind of classic thing with these types of stories where somebody has that ability is, is you know, why don't they just turn it on him at the last minute? Well, that's the thing. But my thing is, I, I never really understood, I never thought it made sense why he is the one to be doing it anyway, because then it's right. just like, well, why couldn't they just take any mutant and he can control the machine from outside of it or something? And I don't know, it just doesn't make that, a lot like, of sense. To me, it seems like it's got to be him. Like, it's got to be him, like, using his magnetic power to run the machine. And but nothing about this plan explains like I don't know like mind control why or whatever can, it is. Yeah. Like why is it he puts her in the machine and she makes it run when like, she doesn't? Like if she to. doesn't do it, something else would have that. That could well, mean that's it, like, like if he was he's down. like look run the machine or, or I'm you know kill Wolverine or whatever. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll twist his I'll twist his adamantium skeleton into a pretzel. Like that would have made sense. Like if she yeah. was doing it under duress. Like look I will I will fucking kill this guy <laughs> unless you. Unless you do thus and such, yeah. I would buy that. But that's there's just like there's no explanation at all for why she basically goes along with the plan. Unless, like I said, there's, there's some sort of, sort of like mind control component that they just forgot to mention. Yeah. None of this makes sense. Um, but but that's the thing. I mean, like the weakest part of this movie is the the narrative. There are individual scenes, there's dialogue, there's kind of drama, interpersonal drama that I really like. But yeah. the actual narrative, like like the the action that's going on, what you know, what we want to accomplish and what they want to stop us from accomplishing, that kind of stuff, the movie's very, very weak on those fronts. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely it, with you. It doesn't pass the logic test and it's frankly just not very exciting. But like I said, the not very exciting part, a lot of that can kind of come from the budget stuff. I mean, this yeah. movie feels very claustrophobic. You look. I mean, very rarely are they shooting on, you know, very large sets. Everything feels very small. Never had anything much in. bigger than a, like one room, you know. Like Basically, yeah. I mean, like this is probably the biggest set they got in the fucking movie right yeah. here. Now we begin the gag with Wolverine and the metal detector. Did you not think there's quite a few callbacks to this movie in Days of Future Past? Like, there's a lot of little. <laughs> I like the gag there. Flips him off with the metal claw. Yeah. Fuck you, Summers. I like it though that Summer's like you know I mean it's, it, it is kind of funny although I, I think this is also stupid so literally Mystique's just been standing there oh come on like Wolverine wouldn't smell her 
Well, oh, and that's the whole thing. Like the whole does. thing that they do is he like smells he smells her, but he Smell can't. You like, later, but he can't pinpoint her. It's like, yeah. what? Uh, uh, I can I can forgive that. Okay, I'm nitpicking. That's fine. I can forgive that. They do it so that we can get this whole you know which one's the real one gag coming yeah. up right here. But again, this whole this whole movie is very unsatisfying if you're a Wolverine fan, on the basis that he spends this entire film getting his ass kicked. Yeah. I don't know that he wins a single fight in this whole goddamn movie. The other thing, I really did have, like, I get that Mystique can look like other people, but, like, you know, there's a scene here where Wolverine cuts the claws right off, off of her. her. I mean, like, what is that? Is that, it seems like that would hurt her pretty bad. Well, I mean, she, she does cry out. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting, I mean, like, that's like her fingernails, you know, so. I guess. Okay. Her fingernails wouldn't be able to cut holes in the wall like Listen, if you really okay. want to have if you really want to have a logical conversation about this we can but I'm just telling you it's, it's going to lead to nothing but it's going to lead to nothing but more misery for us see that's what I that's I guess what I get so frustrated about with this movie is I just feel like a little like, like this whole scene I think is I mean let's be honest like fucking Toad is going toe to toe with three of the X-Men I just, I just feel like it, it, this is I don't know. It's it's really more Ray Park than Toad doing it. At I'll, this I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, I, admittedly, if it wasn't for him, I would I would. Well, it, it would literally be un, unwatchable at, at this point. But, I guess. But, I mean, well, the only other person they could be fighting, I guess, would be Sabretooth. Well, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. I've never understood. Like to me, the whole who they chose to have in this group. What is she doing here? It's not like she's like holds. It, she's like halt, oh. foul villain. <laughs> you know what the fuck. Let's talk about Halle Berry for just a second. Okay, here's the Darth Maul bit. Word. Yep. That is pretty badass, though. It is. Uh, it's a neat little nod. But anyway, let's talk about Halle Berry as Storm for a second. Basically only in this film because her star was kind of on the rise at this time. Mm-hmm. I think she'd been nominated for uh, whatever. Monsters Bowl. Uh, well, what about uh, that, like the, like Dorothy, Dorothy, uh, Dandridge or whatever that movie she'd done. Uh-huh. I think she she got uh, I think she got a like a, an Emmy nod or something for that. Um, but her star was kind of on the rise and everything. But man, she just brings nothing to it. Nothing. Oh, what did she do? She did never kick him in the balls. Remember the guy, the, the Canadian redneck, warned us about <laughs> that. So what's going to happen now? He's going to beat her ass, right? Nope. <laughs> It is Mystique, the strongest mutant ever. Uh, I mean, basically, I mean, look at the, this, she kicks his gag, ass with a with a with a fence gate. This gag was so, that like that couldn't have the way she's holding it. The way he's got like, there's no way that could have even happened. I mean, silly. like that's the thing. She fights him to a goddamn standstill, and then she climbs backwards up a pipe because uh, she's then, actually Spider Woman. He kills her essentially, like three three blades through the heart, essentially, and somehow oh, yeah. she's still you know she he, he fucks her up. Um, but I mean. I would too after that ass whooping. But my point though is that um like I just don't understand like how they bring in like who is universally regarded as the definitive badass of the Marvel universe and he kicks no ass in this movie. Yeah. I mean he just I I do not think he wins a single fight in this film. It, except for the fight against the human being and in the bar right. at the beginning. Yeah, I mean really, that's yeah, like the only that's fight it. he wins. That's the only fight he wins basically. A, a, a human. 
it, it really is. It really is terrible. It's funny. Like you listen to the commentary track, uh, and Brian Singer totally disavows this line here. He's like, "I have no idea where this line comes from." I'm like, "Dude, you directed this movie. Yeah. You're telling me like the day on the set, you were like, wait a second, this is horseshit. Ever say something else? Do you know what happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? I'm like." What the fuck happens to a toad that gets struck by lightning? Like, exactly. I remember always thinking, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the same, same thing, thing happens, happens to everything, everything else. else. What the fuck What? It's I would, really, I would much rather, it's frankly, terrible. find out what happens to Halle Berry when she's struck by lightning. I would be interested to know that myself. I'm hoping it's the same thing that happens <laughs> to everything else. Burned to a cinder. <sighs> And that really was. I mean, that's one of those lines I was talking about, like that line oh, earlier with Magneto. It's just like I, I don't know. It just seems like they had like one editor to go back and watch it like one more time. They could have tweaked some of this. We stuff. could have, we could have used one more draft on this script, fellas. But anyway, Halle Berry, I, I, she really gets on my nerves. I mean, like <coughs> I don't necessarily another have a, great scene in the film, even though unfortunately it's not Halle Berry. You want Is it interesting to you how Wolverine stabs both Halle Berry and Anna Pack when the people we have the biggest problems with? In this film, it's not. You at feel all. like I don't question. You feel like all. maybe Brian Singer's kind of on our side a little bit. Oh, he absolutely is. Just I mean, a little bit. If he's human, uh, which I mean, it's debatable. I don't know. I mean, I have no scientific evidence he's human. <laughs> I, I what we've just seen. Here it is. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were doing that, that for months. Big, yeah. We were doing that for months after okay. this movie. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. <laughs> it's a good bit. It really, I mean, it, it is. It, it is I, legitimately funny. It's one of I, the few really laugh out loud moments yeah. in this movie. I felt like this was painful. This whole end sequence to me is very. Yeah. I, I, I will admit there's some some interest in the whole, like, you know, having Cyclops, you know, pointing at Jean Grey, having, you know, him. Turned where he's you know basically if he uses his like, powers he can cut through himself like I like Cyclops at least attempting to you know stop this here yeah yeah the thing though it's just it's also like why don't you just do this <laughs> I don't know like just take some just fucking carry some carry some mace carry, carry some metal wire all around with you all the time and just tie everybody up and never do anything else that's, that's all that's, you that's all it takes yeah um. I actually, I, I do really like this. I do really like this gag here where Cyclops says, uh, fry him. <laughs> and Ian McKellen's like, oh yeah, it's a bolt of lightning inside a giant copper container. Or a giant copper conductor. I thought you lived in a school. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was really kind of funny. <laughs> Although, it, just, it, it still seems kind of, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway... Uh, you know, the, the the thing is, this end sequence is probably the biggest place that the movie suffers as far as, like, its budgetary constraints oh, go. Oh, definitely. Because you, know? you just really can't do much of anything. Well, and, and you, I, I dare say some of this came at the later in the shoot, so you, you, the budget's probably getting tighter and tighter and tighter as, as things are getting. Yeah. Okay, so here's the bit I told you about I wanted to come back to. Okay, so, you know, we're telling Magneto, okay, Senator Kelly's dead. Storm says... I watched him die, and he, is, he says something really interesting here. He says, are you sure you saw what yeah. you think you saw? I cannot help but wonder if maybe they were putting that line in there, kind of like the, the bit at the end of Star Trek II where, where uh, Spock mind melts with McCoy and says, remember. Yeah. They didn't have a plan for what they wanted to do. They were just like, let's put something in there 
that we might be able to I, use as a thread to come back to later. I wonder if they weren't doing that here. I wonder if there wasn't an idea that maybe Kelly wasn't dead. That like he 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 had no control over his power. He had dissolved, but like in a later film, he would reconstitute himself. He no, would I, find out how to I how think, to come back or something. I think you're exactly right. But I'll be honest. I think it was for this movie. I really think the last scene where you see and it's Mystique as Senator Kelly. I think originally it was supposed to be him, almost kind of like... Uh, well, that would make sense because he kind of stumbles at one point, he kind of, and it's like, you could almost interpret that as like he's trying to hold himself together. Exactly. I, I think that was originally, or at least, I think at one point that might have been the idea, right. and then maybe they decided, for whatever reason... They changed it. They just changed it, but I, I sort of always thought that was it, because he definitely has that line in there for a very specific reason, and it, yeah. it is to lay out that, well, that Cinder Kelly may not be dead and may may serve some other That's very purpose. true, and, and they could they could have basically had it where... Because you can easily see where, like, you know, yeah, Wolverine stabs Mystique, and she goes through all her forms, and then she falls. Yeah. And then there's that insert shot of her laying on the floor in that very specific pose. We later see it mirrored With in the, the guard. guard yeah. um, I could you, you could totally see that being kind of like a rewriting in the editing room kind of thing. <clears throat> I really like. Look, let's do this. We'll we'll get two quick shots, and you know, bam. I genuinely think it was because, matter of fact, I'll be honest. Even if you see, even if you watch the scene later, the only thing they do is you know they just put the yellow they in put his the eyes, eyes in. and that could have easily been a, an edit. You know, okay, that's right. They, they shot it originally. It is Cinder Kelly. Maybe they were uh-huh. maybe they were planning on giving uh, some sort of nod to the fact that that is really Cinder Kelly. You know, mutant Cinder Kelly or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that was what they were originally planning. I, I had this fight on the outside. Okay, so here's the thing, like. I, I at the time, I fucking loved this. I ate this shit up. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Wolverine is fighting Sabretooth on screen. You know, He's getting his ass beat by I, I, like, but I mean, like at the time, I just ate it the fuck up. But yeah. as time has gone on, it it it, it is not age well. It's just like, this is real. I mean, it's not nearly as frenetic as that fight with him and uh, and Lady Deathstrike in X2. Yeah, no, you're exactly. Where he's like, he's like he's like cutting through like those metal uh, those metal handrails, but but they're actually cutting like in little twos. Yeah, yeah. Where he's got the three claws. Um, you remember this shot here? The, the spin around. The, the, the throw. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like where he spins around on the end of uh, the Statue of Liberty spike yeah. right here. You remember the like, the first time we saw this in the uh, in that first trailer, and it was just like uh, that looks awful. And then it seemed like there were like still, two versions of it. like there was another there. version in another trailer, <laughs> yeah. and then you finally get to the film and there's like this version. But it seemed like that was a visual effects shot that got changed mm. because of like fan reaction to how terrible it looked. Yeah, and it still it still doesn't end up looking great. I always remember thinking like that that's like mildly interesting that he six spikes and it just happened. But I mean like realistically he almost killed one of them. Like I mean realistically. <laughs> He one had just as much of a chance of hitting died. one of them as not. Okay, so Magneto has he has touched Rogue. She has absorbed his life essence and his mutant power along with it, and now she's running the machine. Well, yeah, she doesn't appear to want to be running the machine. I can see, I can discern no reason she's running the machine. Why is the machine operating? Well, but if she, why isn't she using his magnetic power to undo her fucking cuffs? Well, it's because if she doesn't run the machine, then the story would be over. That's it exactly. That's the only reason. That's exactly it. It, it, it. You know, it's one of those things like in movies that I, I do. I can I can get a little bit bitchy about. 
where I feel like this is happening because the movie needs it to happen, not because the character needs it to happen. And I, I have a tough time with that, where it's just like, look, the movie needs to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, the movie is, you know, it needs to be driven by the character's motivation and their reaction to, uh, you know, the situation or whatever. Just, I can get testy. I can get testy when, when they well, when they don't at least just think about that. And kind it of just stuff. it just sort of feels like a lot of these things could have been fairly simple fixes. Now, granted, who knows? Maybe to get them to the point they're at now, there were a lot of little fixes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not not trying to knock it, but honestly, sometimes I think you know, well, this could have been tweaked just a little bit and been a lot better. Maybe this is the end tweaked result. You know, maybe maybe, maybe unfortunately they had less to work with than than we think of. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like Halle awesome. Berry. <laughs> you know, the, the the reason that the reason I have a problem with her, it's not that I, I feel like she's a bad actress or anything. The, the reason that I have such a problem with Halle Berry is that she acts like these movies have been such a burden to her. Uh, she she always seems to have had a a kind of love hate relationship with these films, and I, I know that she t- she talked about after the negative reaction to Catwoman, she was just like, "Oh, I'm done doing comic book movies." Like you know, it's just it's so brutal. Like you just can't please the fans. Like it's got nothing to do with the fucking fans, and everything yeah. to do with the fact that you made an incredibly terrible movie. It's it's the fact that you, it's just a shitty movie. Well, like don't blame us for it. Exactly. Fuck it, you. And I mean, it's not about pleasing comic book fans. It's about pleasing your audience with whatever you're working on. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, I, I, I do agree. And you know, there was what that talk like she got kind of. Like she, she was sort of given the impression, or or she had the impression that you know there was a possibility of a storm, um, what solo movie or, or like wasn't was there something along something, those lines? Maybe I, maybe they talked about that. It didn't materialize because I, I felt like there was, or or she was pushing for it. Like she, you she know, hey, there's there's gonna be a Wolverine movie. There should be a storm movie too. It's, it's like, like nobody I, gives know, a shit about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't find her to be, um, I don't find her to be particularly, to be particularly good in these movies. I don't think she does anything that any competent actress couldn't do. I think she's mostly here because she was a name at the time. I always remember, you know, us talking, because, you know, we, we had kind of talked about, I think, after this movie, like, you know, some of our casting choices. It seems like Angela Bassett was somebody we always talked about, because she's... A little bit. At this, a little bit point, older. at this point, though, she was yeah. not that much older. I mean, that, now she would be like trying to do the movies. Now it might have been more difficult. But at the um, time, I think at the time she was, she was a little bit older. But it just, I think, it would have been a better fit. But then again, they're they're also sort of playing with well, the ages. I think of everybody. That's true. But I mean, like Angela Bassett has. I mean, she's got like I buy her as a leader. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she has. Like, she, she has this Storm, Storm she is has this the leader of the team. You know, over time, multiple yeah. times. Like I mean, she's. Right up there with Cyclops when like, well, I, like when Cyclops fucking leaves after you know, after fucking after the Dark Phoenix stuff and she, I did I saw that see that see that's see it's from the comics from the comics um, after uh, you know after Jean Grey dies the whole Dark Phoenix shit all and, you have to do is just drop her <laughs> you know Scott leaves the X Men for a while you yeah. know he, he's he's grieving for the woman he, he loved and is gone and you know who who does he hand the mantle to he hands it to Storm yeah. And like I can never see, like I can never see her, like Halle Berry's storm, like kind of taking taking over. Like I just I don't buy her. I just don't buy her as a leader. Yeah. So I I do. I really kind of feel like, I really kind of feel like she was miscast. I feel like they cast a star instead of an actor. I I, I think they totally did. Whereas almost everyone else, we we at this point, I think they they really hit the nail on the head. And she she does not feel right. Like that just doesn't feel like the right fit. Now we get a little bit of blood. 
So I guess that's that, that's the second time you see actual blood in the film. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I suppose the only thing, the only attempt that they even make to try and explain the inexplicable rogue running Magneto's machine thing is that you know after he wakes up here and Gene tells him that uh, you know that that rogue's fine. She took on some of his personality traits for a while. And that, that, like, that's the only thing they even do to try to kind of attempt they, they, they to really explain. They say it's a joke, though. But too. that's the thing. Yeah, they do. They, they play it totally as a, uh, yes, as, as a joke. Of, yeah. That seems like a pretty much a heart shot right there. I don't really see how she's... Yeah, that, the, 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 they're not, not coming back from that. I mean, like, if, if one of us got stabbed that way, probably, probably curtains, buddy. Probably curtains. So... Thank God Xavier wakes up now that the mission's over and he, he can't do anything to help us. Um, again, like, it, it just so much... Is the ship out of harm's way? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean... You know, I remember, I remember, uh, I can't remember if it was Singer or Patrick Stewart, but somebody was talking about how, you know, casting him in this, he was like, you know, you're talking about casting a bald man who's going to sit in a chair and give orders. You know, it's like one. <laughs> That's one, pretty funny. One might think that uh, I'm being typecast. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. But uh, was, like, you know, like we had to kind of take care to make sure you know it wasn't you know Jean Luc Picard all over again. And, it, and that's the thing is, it's not. And it's it, it's interesting how uh, you know Xavier is a much more genteel character than Picard. Uh, you, you know. Stewart plays Picard with a, a lot more virtus, a lot, uh, a lot more fire and passion, and Xavier is a much more, he's a much more measured. thoughtful, measured, uh, reserved kind of guy. It's very interesting to see Patrick Stewart playing uh, two, two very similar characters in kind of superficial ways, well, but, and but approaching in, them in, in very, some, very different ways. In, in some, some, like thought process ways too. I mean, there are a lot of similarities between. The two characters. I mean, they're they're just in, in how they look at the world around them. I think as um, being open to new yeah. things and, and you know, kind of optimistic, believing in the best yeah. of humanity. I mean, there, so there are there are still some similarities, but uh, Picard is definitely much you know has has been much more strong in, in certain points. And um, of course, I mean, I guess you know, Xavier has too. It's just it, just, it is a different take uh, on that character. Yeah. Here's the I love you scene. You were talking about earlier. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think it plays pretty good. I mean, I, I think that you know he basically just kind of says, you know, he, he kind of lets her know, you know, how he feels about her, but you know, also just kind of accepts that, you know, that's just all it can be. All, all it can be is just you know, I love you, and yeah, but I mean, that's yeah, it. I just I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I find it a little hard for him to, just for the the short amount of time they've been together. I, I have not seen where he could have fallen in love with her. I mean, right. other than just love at first sight sort of thing. And I don't know. I, I, that, it didn't fine. take me long to fall in love with Famke Jansen. I, mean, that's, uh, that's, that's I think I think it was I think it was about the time that Zen on orgasms. Lust, though. I don't think it's called love. That's a, I'm trying to think. I okay. think we just missed the look scene. At this, I look wish this right I here. It. You know what? You I think you are right, and the reason that I think you're right is because that whole line about. Mystique, son of a bitch, that is all off off screen. They do not have anybody That's on film point. saying that line. It could very well be ADR. He was sweating a lot too. And like the way, like the way he leans back there on the cat, like the way he just kind of leans back, yeah. it could just be 
you know, discussed with like the news anchor that they're hearing commentate this. I think you're right. I think that's I think exactly it's a good what it is. That's what happened. Just because yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. I don't know. It does. It feels like it could have. Like, there's no other reason to have that line in yeah. there earlier. Yeah. And frankly, the ending. I mean, I almost don't know why they did change it to to Mystique. It, unless because they wanted to bring her back. They, they were like, you know what? Like, maybe we want to have her in a yeah, sequel. They, they, they left her. I mean, she wasn't dead, obviously. I mean, she obviously changed into a guard. I well, mean, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was part of the cover-up. Like, originally, it would have oh, ended okay. with her. Like, Wolverine stabs her. She transforms a couple different times. Finally transforms back into Mystique. Falls over. Dead. Done. They they so do the wads not coming back in the later series. <laughs> later on, later on, storms up in the highest tower of the mansion, screaming into the into the night gale. Spit one, will for one. But anyway, I bet you're right because the only things the only things that make that that scene specific to Mystique <clears throat> are lines of dialogue that happen off camera that could very well be ADR'd, and then those two insert shots in the Statue of Liberty of the guard and then Mystique in the same pose. Yeah. Like you film those two shots, you get those two lines of dialogue, and you change the ending from it being Senator Kelly to Mystique. That's interesting. I read something about uh, this this chess game that they're playing out here. Um, you know, they, they've got, you know, some fucking chess master on set that's like, you know, kind of setting up the board and telling them what moves to make. Xavier is using some sort of strategy. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the title is. Reading the mind of but, his <laughs> No, it's, a, it, it's, it's called like something like a pawn offensive or something like that where it, it really employs the use of pawns in, in, its, in its strategy, which, you know, like they kind of say is, is indicative of his character. Yeah. You know, he's... He, he is the leader using the pawns using, he has in his team and yeah. using his team to, to best effect. It's you know it's meant to be very meant to be very uh, representative. What's interesting about this scene is that, as I recall, basically this scene and just a little bit of footage constituted the first trailer for X two. But I mean, this scene really is the jumping off point for the next the yeah. next film. Even that kind of teaser moment where Magneto says, you know, what happens, you know, when. You know, when they come for you and your children in the dead of night. And, like, you know, the next movie, we find out what happens. Yeah. Um, as a whole, I mean, I, I do enjoy this film. I know it sounds like I'm just picking it apart. I, th- I think the movie as a whole is, is okay. It's just not... I will say it's not as... In my opinion, it's not as enjoyable to watch. Like, it's it's harder... For, like, I, I agree. I like a movie that sort of hits on... All the thing, like 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 the most enjoyable thing to me is something that hits on all of the pieces. You get the action beats, you get the comedic beats, you get the drama beats, you get the yeah. romance beats, you get what whatever you know the the movie has. You get all of it, and I just I felt like this missed out on on some some kind of especially for the type of movie it is. It's some, it missed out on I think some kind of crucial moments, but. Uh, but I, as I a whole, I, I did I did enjoy, it. and I will say you know we were kind of talking about this. We've sort of gone back and forth. I actually... I forgot, yeah, David Hayter. Yeah. Voice of Solid Snake, of course, yeah. uh, doing the script here. I, uh, I I will say, having watched it recently, you know, just watched it a couple days ago before today, yeah. I found Fuck myself... Fuck you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> um, I found myself liking the movie uh, a fair amount more than I remember. You know, like, I, I kind of remembered... Having bigger, <laughs> and if you listen to this, you might be surprised, but more problems <laughs> with the movie than, yeah. than than this time. And I think you were saying that you kind of watched it again, and, and maybe yours. I had less of an opinion. It, it was strange, but like going into this, you and I, because 
we, we were originally just going to do First Class as kind of a follow-up commentary yeah. to uh, Days of Future Past. And I, I, after watching First Class, and I, I think I said so in the commentary for that, um, I watched that first, uh, that first scene in Poland, and my initial idea was, you know what, I want to go back and watch that scene from the first X-Men film and just see how close they are. Him, yeah. And then I was like, well, what the fuck, I'm here, I'll go ahead and watch the rest of the movie. Well, and it was so fascinating to watch that, because before that, you and I <coughs> talked about it, and I was like, oh, I really like the first X-Men film, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you were like, ah, I didn't really care for it. And in some strange way, we kind of came closer to meeting in the middle. Yeah, you yeah. liked it a little bit more, I liked it a little bit yeah. less. Some of, the, some of the plot holes and some of the kind of like the logical leaps that I think the film makes were much more apparent to me this time. I watched it kind of with fresh eyes. I was like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. What? You know, like that's way too far a leap to make. Absolutely. And all that kind and, of stuff. And I was the exact same way with just some of the things. Like, to be, to be frank, I, I was, I, I remember not liking the cast as much. And then when I went back, I was like, actually, I liked pretty much all of the cast except for just one or two little things here or there. And it, it, it's just, it, um, sometimes in a way it is, it is that, uh, Way where you just you give it enough time, you kind of watch it with fresh eyes, and you might see something that you know you like or that you didn't like or, or whatever. Yeah. I tell you, I really remember after we got done with Days of Future Past, that was actually what kind of turned me around. As I said, you know, I, having seen this, I'm now excited for a new X Men movie in current time, right? And it like, kind like of a, made me want to go exactly, and I kind of want to go back now and and. Because I, you know, because I remember, I was like, you know, I really remember like an X two. I remember thinking one was okay, and then really just hating everything else from that four, that, uh, from three, you know, forward. So uh, I'm glad we did it. I really am because it was. Uh, I, I will say, to be brutally honest, though, I've watched it twice now in a couple of days. I probably won't watch it again for quite a while. I mean, not <laughs> no, not like knocking won't. it, but it's just it's not a movie I can just pop in and watch. It is. I don't I, think. No, it, I don't think it holds as up opposed that to well. like First Class that. First class, I, honestly, I, I could put back in now. Yeah, and having it watched it just last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we when we watched it, to when do we watched it, it yeah, you know, last week when yeah, we watched it I remember, to do the, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, there's Kevin Feige, associate producer. Later, He'll never be anything. That Aviara, that Aviara, that, that's the horse to back. He's the guy. That's right. Aviara is a regular California Chrome. <laughs> Dave Ritchie, uh, no relation to Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, no, of course not. Although we don't, I mean, you don't have scientific evidence of that, though. I, I do actually. I have DNA. I don't want to tell you how. I, <laughs> I don't want to know how you got. I don't know how you got his I'm DNA saying, to compare to Guy Ritchie's DNA. You saying you drag me into a court? I've got DNA. All right, that's that's way too much information. <laughs> But uh, I, I guess that the final take—the final take for me is that um, I like the film. I, I, I like I like it overall. I, I do think that it's got some pretty big problems. I think I think it's slow. I think it's very claustrophobic. That's not the fault of the film. It, you know, they didn't have a lot of time. They didn't have a lot of money. I can forgive those things. I like the fact that they chose to focus on the drama of of the characters, kind of you know the mutant drama. You know, you could argue that it could have been better executed. Sure, you know that, that's that's a fair point. But I like the fact that the film focuses on those things. I would like the film more if I felt like they were as smart and inventive in their approach to the action as they were in the approach to the drama. I feel like the drama of the film holds up pretty well. The action of the film falls apart pretty rapidly. Yeah, and. Um, you know, ultimately, that's kind of where I am with it. The other thing is that you know this movie is dated; it is fourteen years old. Yeah, and it is you know, you know it's just it's interesting. A, a lot of just the things like when we watched Godzilla, just a lot of the sort of 
movie standards of that time. You know, yes. to be honest with you, like not just we, special effects, but like the conventions, just the conventions, just yeah. the way the way certain things were shot, pacing. Um, we t- you know talking about the sort of the, the color filtering. A lot of that stuff was. You know, that was kind of new. That was, we were just starting to get, we were just starting to really see CG in any, you know. In any huge way. Exactly. Like, I mean, and, and before movies like this, you know, CG was such a, such a specific thing that usually, this was, you know. It stood out. A few movies where this was like, okay, we're just going to have to be using CG throughout the whole movie for lots of different stuff, you know. That's, I mean, like, well, this is a post-Phantom Menace movie, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, the Phantom Menace was, you know, certainly, you know, for all the things it did wrong. The Phantom Menace certainly woke a lot of people up to like, uh, holy shit! Like you can use CG for a lot more than you know. You, just can't, creating you can't use it to make a monster. good film, but you can use it for a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just looked up by the way this because this cost seventy five million to make seventy five, which, yeah. which and like uh, just uh, first class cost one hundred and fifty. I think I saw one hundred sixty. Mm-hmm. And so double like, the budget, but also they were like twelve years apart. It's when you got and, and legitimately there are things like you know inflation and stuff that's changed yeah. since then. But I mean, you look at I think X three was I think the largest one that I saw, and it was like two hundred and something million, two hundred and twenty five yeah. or something. That sounds like that. about right. Which you know you see how much more money they had in it at that point, and it, it didn't make that did not make that a better movie. Although mm-hmm. I was reading, you know, I guess the guy what's the name of the guy that did First Class. Uh, Matt Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn. Like you know, apparently he was tapped to do three. He was, and then something happened. Well, and I think that he—I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was—he was, he was going to direct three. He stepped out. I think it was like—it was probably like one of those things where he just like didn't like the script or something like that. But he well, backed he away, huge. and then he went and directed something else. Yeah, he used to work with Guy Ritchie, I believe. He went and directed did, something yeah. else. And apparently there was kind of some bad blood between him and the studio because I think it, like from well, what I understand, came, really came out hard against the movie once it came out too. Like, like which yeah. to me almost said maybe he liked the script and some reason like he had a previous contract that held him out of it and then what became of it, like what it ended up turning into, he was really disillusioned with. I don't know. But yeah, I, I th- I'm just making up stuff. This <laughs> he also was abducted by aliens. Did you know that? Do you have his DNA too? Why would I have his DNA? Come on. Some kind of sicko? Uh, but anyway, I, I know that he, he was going to do X3, and then uh, he, he was out. And I think that there was there was some kind of political <coughs> going on because I seem to remember reading something about – it took some coaxing for 20th Century Fox to like want to let him back in. They're like, look, we gave you a chance to do an X-Men film. You said no. Yeah, yeah. There, no, there was that right. kind of thing to it, and, and it took a little bit of coaxing, but – uh, it, it turned out really well. I mean, I, I don't think that he could have saved, you know, w- 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 the incarnation we saw of X3, you know, I, I don't think he could have saved that fucking movie. Um, and as opposed to first class where they really got the chance to do something, do something good. Yeah. And I mean, it, it did, I think in the long run work out good because I don't know that we yeah. would have gotten first class. Just, I mean, just because if three had ended up being a huge success and been something really popular, mm-hmm. they, I think they would have just continued on that road, you yeah. know? And, and in a way, I think this gave them this excuse of like, you know what? We need to mix things up a little bit. Let's try something different. Let's go back. Yep. And, um, this is, I, they needed to, they needed to kind of step away and say, you know what? Like, yeah, we need to, we need to take, take a break and maybe we need less Halle Berry in our movie. We and, do need a lot less Halle Berry. Oh my God! So oh goodness. Well, that was I. You know, that was fun. It oh, was. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think that I don't think that the movie actually holds up quite as well. Like, like it's better in my memory than it is to kind of watch it again. Yeah. 
But uh, I, I do still enjoy it, and I kind of stand by what we said. I, I think that you know, Days of Future Past is my current top pick, followed by First Class X Two. First Class or X Two are right there, right up there. I think. Yeah. Although you know, I got to be honest, it has been a while since I've watched X Two. We, we might have to go back and watch. We that. might have to because I really, I, I sort of, I wonder if it could maybe be a little bit like this in the sense that, like in my head, I'm sort of like you are with the first one, right? Where I remember, I remember more fondly. Better. Now I might go back and watch it and be like, oh, well, yeah. What the hell happened here? Or it may just be awesome. <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. <clears throat> You're supposed to say something clever there. <laughs> I can think of anything. <laughs> I really was. I was like thinking. I'm like, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I'm just, hip. I'm hip. We should just stop this now. <laughs> it only get worse. Look at those menus. Those are crazy. Girls are weird, huh? <laughs> This has been the Drive Home Breakdown for X-Men, and what a lot of fun that was. Really interesting to go back and to see the movie that started it all. Not just the X-Men franchise, but also the movie that essentially gave birth to modern comic book films. Uh, Very influential on Chris Nolan, if Hugh Jackman is to be believed. So uh, we had a great time sharing our thoughts on it. And now we want to hear your thoughts. So please head over to drivehomebreakdown.com. Leave us a comment. Follow us on Twitter at Breakdown Show. And as always, remember, pro driving tip number 107. If you're the asshole who parked a fleet of police cruisers within a half mile of Magneto, you're the asshole cleaning up the mess. See you next week. Hey!